What's up, everybody? Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rumble. <laughs> that was that was bad. We should bad. put. We gotta figure out a way to put like all of our crappy intros that we cut on a soundboard, and then we can kind of just remix Ooh, them. Ooh, that would be good. Yeah. What's up, y'all? What's up, fam? Welcome back to the Beer Mile Podcast. Today we have a very special guest. Jesus Christ. <laughs> A VSP as we, or a, a VSG as we, we have call another that. VSG this week. No, in all seriousness, today on the show, we have Sage Herda. She is a senior at Colorado, University of Colorado Buffaloes, and she is coming off of the indoor title for the mile in the NCAA, as well as a new PB at the Oregon Relays. Season opener. Season opener, outdoor, 1500 meters, and... So we got the chance to sit down, chat with her, get the details on her running journey thus far. And as she looks to join the professional ranks here in a couple of, I guess, a couple of months, less than a couple months. Yeah, it's kind really of Really in like six about. weeks, she's yeah. going to be finishing up her NCAA outdoor uh, season, hopefully with another title and then picking a pro team and then running the Olympic trials. And man, it's going to be a lot going on for her in that short amount of time. Yeah, definitely a lot of stuff outside just her performances, whether uh, competing against the collegiate scene or, you know, alongside the pros. So really enjoyed the interview. I uh, think you, you all will too. Yeah, there's a great opportunity to get to know her. Uh, in general, we found out some of her favorite running spots in Boulder, favorite spots to eat, favorite yeah. type of beer. What her dog's names are. We definitely poke some fun at her boyfriend, partner. I don't know what people say nowadays. Uh, her partner, Joe Klecker. Super fun guy. Joe, love to have you on the pod. Absolutely. Sounds like a super fun group. Both the, the Colorado team out in Boulder as well as the on, on team. Uh yeah, seems like an awesome group to be a part of. We've loved uh, seeing the couple documentaries on yeah. YouTube yeah, that go check On those put out. out. Super high production value as well as just hilarious. So. Yeah, a bunch of just a group of fun, fun people. Where do you think that you would like to see Sage end up for her professional Ooh. running career? Or at least where she's going to start it. You never know where she's going to change yeah, down yeah, the line. I mean, but where, where do you where do you uh, predict that she will end up? So I, I have two takes. Um, if I was in her position, I would definitely be drawn to both Team Boss and On. Um, she mentions in the interview how much she loves Boulder, and it would you know take quite a bit for her to leave Boulder. Totally agree with that. Um, so those are kind of two of the main groups that I think would be applicable in that situation. I would probably, this is not, you know, advice. We talk about, um, financial advice, uh, law advice. This is not professional running advice, but I would definitely look at, uh, team boss. You know, I think they've, they've got some mid D specialists that would be really good for her training. But, you know, personally, I think, um, I don't know. Maybe I think folks like Ollie and uh, Joe are like too cool. So maybe I would want to just like go fanboy and hang out with them. <laughs> so, so you're going to go with team boss, just your prediction. Yeah, so I think boss. so. I think it makes, it I mean, makes it's kind of like a, it's a little mini, you know, Colorado Buffalo's uh, yeah. funnel as well. You know, with, with, yeah, uh, with, with Danny, with Danny, with Emma Coburn, uh, you know, growing team there. So, okay. I'll take the other side then. I'll say that she ends up with on. Ooh, let's make a bet. Let's do it. Okay. I'll, I'll go on just because that's the other side. I really have no idea. I think it could go 50-50, but, what, you know. What are the stakes here? Jo Joe is at on, as well as that's the, you know, the big up-and-coming group. Oh, I, I, yeah, I love on. So On's dope. Let's, let's go with that. What do we want the stakes to be, though? Ooh, uh, okay, I have an idea. The winner will get to buy a six-pack of whatever beer they choose, and the loser has to drink it. Okay. Like the next time you're you're having beers, you have to go through those six before you have any other ones. Okay. So ideally, you're you're buying like a really crappy six pack. I like it. Okay. I already have a style the style of beer that I'm gonna go for here because I've I've had some. Oh, you fucking. Uh, and it's not it's not what you're thinking. Probably. I, I, I would I would think that probably a, a hefty stout is what you. Yeah, buying. and that's not what I'm thinking. Okay. So, All right. So I, I'm I'm more going for the nasty flavor is what I'm gonna hope for. If okay. I can find this one particular beer that I've had before, the only beer that I could like not not even have Finish another sip, one. it was so disgusting. Okay. Um. So okay. All right. Sounds well, like a plan. Listeners, look forward to that. Uh, Sage, if you're listening to this, please you know stay unbiased in your professional decision. Yeah. Don't don't make your decision based on Adam and I's bet that we have here. Uh. 
you know, make make the decision that is best for you. We're excited to see where it goes. And we'll for be the, rooting either way. Yeah, absolutely. Friend, once a friend of the pod, always a friend of the pod. And uh, just so everyone has context on this, we recorded this episode on April 25th, 2021. And we just got back from the a weekend in Des Moines, watching the Drake relays, watching the uh, Oregon relays, USATF Grand Prix on TV. And so by the time you're listening to this episode, it's, uh, I guess, probably a little over a week old. Um, but just so you're aware of the context. So by the time you're listening to this, make sure you're going back and looking at our coverage of the Kansas City qualifier meet. Got some videos on the Beer Mile Media YouTube account. Also, on our previous episode, we got into roasting Adam. And yeah, if you weren't around that for out. that episode, if you missed that one for whatever reason, make sure you go back to the Natasha Rogers episode and listen to Adam get roasted by our listeners. And uh, send some more if and, you have yeah, ideas. And continue sending in more. So just kind of the way that the timing worked recording this, we're starting to collect roasts for me as well now. Me is Chris, if you're listening and you don't know my voice yet. Uh, we're starting to collect roasts for me. And so that's why it's not included in this episode. I'm assuming there's probably some coming in by the time you're hearing this, but you know we're recording this well in advance. So we will get those lumped into an episode at some point. Make sure you're sending those in. Hurt his feelings. Make him cry. Make, uh, seriously, make me hurt. Make me question myself and my you know my confidence Sexuality. level, my ego yeah. every day when confidence I wake level. up. Uh, I need that. I need that fuel. I need that. Yeah. <laughs> fuel for the fire. I need that big energy. So. Send those in. Also, we still doing giveaways. At the time of recording this episode, we did not have any new five-star Apple reviews, so there's no new swag to give away. Um, but if you would like to be entered to just get free whatever from the beermall.com swag store, just leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, screenshot it, send it to us on Instagram, uh, and or uh, say you've already reviewed, just share the Beer Mall Podcast on your Insta story and tag us in it. That's it. Very simple. The more things you do, the more basically we've already said, if you do like a couple things at once, it's a hundred percent chance of getting in yeah, uh, or getting basically. something for free. So I think that's pretty much it. We appreciate the support y'all. How do we, how do we want to transition into the interview? And with that, and with that, and enjoy this conversation with Sage and with that, and with that listeners, uh, give us some new transitions, please. Welcome, Sage, to the Beer Mile Podcast. Really excited to have you, especially coming off of an NCAA indoor title in the mile and then a PB at the Oregon Relays uh, this weekend as well. So how's how's everything going so far? Are you considering this season a uh, success? And and uh, yeah, what are you what's up next for you coming into the outdoor season? It feels really early, but I mean, I'd say everything's been a success. I think Every race I've run with the exception of the NCA prelim has been a PB for like, I don't know, this whole year. So I really can't complain with that. Uh, I'm not totally sure what's next, probably maybe an 800 next weekend. That one's a little up in the air, but beyond that, just getting ready for the whole championship season grind of Pac-12s, regionals, NCAs. Yeah. Are you tailoring your training more so for the NCAAs or are you tailoring it like knowing that you're going to be running in the Olympic trials and maybe looking to more peak at that versus NCAAs? I would say I'm probably on that NCAA uh, focus right now. It's really hard to tell because I don't know what I'm going to be focusing on necessarily. Uh, and it might not add what I run at NCAs might not be the same as what I run at the trials. So um, it's kind of just super open-ended with whether I'm running eight or 15 and like when I'm peaking, I feel like I'm just going to be ready to go in June and keep that going for as long as possible. Exactly. Do you, do you think you'll try to enter multiple events at the trials or uh, just pick one and go all in on it? My guess would be that I would run the 800. That's just like what I would say today. And that's in the second session. So I'd probably only do that. If it was in the first session, I would think about coming back and do the 15. Yeah. You, so this year you've definitely had a huge jump, at least from a, from a spectator's point of view and your, your times, your 
competing, like placing really high at, at in, in winning an NCAA title. Um, I guess coming into this season or the 2020, 2021 uh, school year, were you, what was this, were you expecting this level of success? And, um, and I guess also leading into, or building on that, going into deciding on continuing to pursue running at a professional mm-hmm. level, has your perspective on that changed over the course of this school year as well, uh, having the success that you've had? I would say those changes kind of came my junior year when I was redshirting. When I started, that was the point where I said, you know what, I'm going to not just go through school in four years. I'm going to specifically come back for a fifth year to run. And that was when my mindset kind of shifted. And I brought my times down to two flat 99 and 409 that year when I was redshirting. So that's when I thought like, okay, doing this professionally, I think that's something that I want to do and that would be feasible. But then, you know, after not running for so long between 2019 and 2021, I kind of surprised myself and how well things were going because I, I took another break just because of a little injury in November. And so I was coming back in January doing these workouts thinking, I haven't run this fast in two years. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. And so I've surprised myself in that I've kind of picked up where I left off in some ways. Uh, and I would have thought that I had some, a lot more catching up to do. Has that uh, like relaxed the way you're approaching your training or is that, is that just like adding more fuel to the fire where you're just like really excited about your times already being, like you said, like picking back up where you left off and kind of going from there? Yeah. I mean, I think it's just adding more fuel to the fire just because, you know, for a while there, I felt like I had a lot of ground to make up in my training. So that was kind of a little bit of a a stress. And now it's just kind of like this excitement. And I just want to keep it going and keep building from there. Cause it's something where the successes that you have, they're only like that exciting for a little while. And you just want to keep, keep building on it. Definitely. Yeah. So talk to what are some of the injuries that you've had to deal with over the, the past couple of years? Yeah. So the big one was during the 2019 cross country season, I was having this shin knee pain. I wasn't sure what was going on. And that started in October and I was kind of in denial about it. I was thinking, you know, this might be a bone injury. Um, and I got through the cross country season, had a couple of false starts with training again. Um, you know, I was convinced that it was just my knee. And then the beginning of January, I finally was like, no, I can't keep going. And it ended up being like a full fracture in my tibia. So um, that took me out for a long time. And then it's just been um, hard to build back up in a patient and like sustainable way. I say that's the big issue um, in just like trying to fix some of the things that probably caused that. And then maybe some of the damage that I did running on it for so long. I feel like it's a lot harder when you're coming back as more of a, a mid distance specialist, because like you can get, um, you can get kind of that base level that you need pretty quick. And then mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people get excited to start sharpening. Yeah. Start, yeah. start crushing it on the track yeah. workouts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's your preferred uh, cross training method? Um, Probably aqua jogging, especially okay. like last winter when I was doing most of my aqua jogging, it was like right before everything shut down and it just worked out that I had this group of people and we'd meet at the pool every morning and it not, it was like my cross training and my social hour every day. So that's like the ideal balance. Yeah. I was going to say aqua jogging is my least favorite really? cross training. I yeah, I just hate that you don't like go, I guess you don't go anywhere on a bike, on a stationary bike or an elliptical <laughs> either, but I don't know. I just feel like you're, because your, your legs are moving so slowly, I don't know. And just not going anywhere. And, and it's hard to, you can't like, you know, watch a movie or listen to listen to music or anything like that. So, but if you're doing it with someone that, that completely changes the narrative. <laughs> yeah. And then this past summer when all the pools were shut down, I bought a bike because I had nice. to take another short break from running. And I was like, you know, I'm just buying a bike and there's great cycling here in Boulder, but I am also like a little terrified of some of like the real climbs here. So I did, I only really dipped my toe in, like didn't, didn't really commit to that. 
Yeah, for no, sure. Uh, no professional mountain biking yet. No, no, I don't think so. So we kind of talked about um, like potentially running at the, at a pro level and that mindset shift. I'm interested. Uh, we we did some digging and we realized that you you're kind of a nerd. You have <laughs> how many A minuses have you gotten so far? Well, I haven't gotten any minus. I've gotten one B plus. We were going to ask you, yeah, how, how salty are you about that? We saw the 397 GPA. So is that, is that, uh, did you have in your mind, like, I want that perfect 4 Um, I'm not like obsessed with it, but you know, every class I kind of expect to get an A in and that one B plus, it, it just, just had some bad luck. Like I, I had to take an exam on the road and I knew everything that was going on, but then, you know, I forgot to answer one of the questions. Oh no. Okay. So it wasn't even that you got something wrong. You just didn't answer something. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little salty about it still. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I I just, I only make fun of people with high GPAs because I didn't have one. Um, (laughs) So so you're, um, what are you biomedical, right? Chemical and, bio- bio- yeah, chemical and biological engineering. Science. Yeah, I can't even say it. That's too <laughs> long. Um, and that's that you're pre-med, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So talk about um, like originally looking at your decision to go to CU. Um, what ultimately led, led to that and then like how you've balanced, because obviously that's not a, a shrug off major. Um, yeah. how, how you've balanced that and kind of your outlook now that you're kind of leaning into uh potentially professionally running and, and, you know, just kind of what you're thinking around that. Yeah. So when I was in high school, I thought maybe I want to eventually go to medical school, but I wasn't, it seemed like a far way away. So I wanted to do something that I could get a job right out of college in like a pretty good job. And so I knew that I wanted to do some sort of like chemical or biomedical engineering, just because I was, I've always been like super math and science oriented and I thought it'd be fun. And I maybe am a little obsessed with taking the hardest route possible. Um, and so I was looking for a place with engineering and like a really good running program. And my senior year, I started getting a little bit better at running. And I was like, you know what? I think CU's the place where I could see whether I could make this like an actual thing that I do, or if I'm just not that good. So I was like, you know, I have four years to figure out if I'm good at running, I'm going to go to see you. Um, and I've been really like, I'm really into my major and everything, but now that I'm more leaning towards the professional running route, I think I took the hardest road possible. Like I really didn't need to do that to myself. So maybe I'd do it differently, but I don't know. I built some character. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So did you, um, so it sounds like you're for sure all in on, on going the professional running route. Um, yeah. do, you, do you foresee your, yourself picking back up going to med school, say 10 years from now? Is that something you'd be interested in? Or would you just be interested in using the the chemical engineering the side of things and getting a job on yeah. the path there? My thought is that, you know, run professionally for a while until it's just like not doesn't really make sense anymore. And if there's time, I'll pick back up with the... Uh, with the medical school route, um, unless I'm old and like, don't want to go through that. Cause it takes a long time. And I mean, old, I shouldn't say old cause you're like, <laughs> 30, but yeah. you know, I don't, I don't know. We'll have to see if I want to be getting through that until I'm 38 or 40. Right. That's, that's the hard part is you, it is such a commitment. Like if you get it out of the way when you're young, I guess the, the, the con of that would be that you lose a lot of your twenties, just yeah. grinding away at medical school. Yeah. But then if you do it in your thirties, it's like, well, do, like, do you have a family at that point? And you're doing it mm-hmm. in your dad. And then you're like really starting your career when you're like 40 years old. And I mean, yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's all just waiting things. But uh, yeah. I would say, you know, while you're, you know, at your prime for running, you might as well take advantage of it because uh, you know, a lot of people would love to be a pro athlete. So you might as well, might as well do it if you are able to. Yeah. That's how I feel too. That's so cool. And uh, so any any uh, inklings or any details on what you're thinking from a professional running standpoint, uh, like any groups you're really interested in or brands, anything that you can give us? How hard is yeah. Danny Jones like pulling for you? <laughs> How hard is Danny Jones pulling for me? I mean, <laughs> I think she's pretty excited. I mean, I take a lot of pretty, 
intense rivalry at the same time. So I'm sure she always wants to be doing a little bit better than I am. Um, but I know she would love if let's say I were to join the team boss, I think that'd be kind of fun. Um, I'm kind of thinking that it takes something really special to get me out of Boulder. Um, but luckily there are some great opportunities like either with the boss heart crew or with on, or I haven't, I mean, I don't have made any decisions or anything and haven't explored that many options, but, uh, yeah, she's, she's very, Danny's very invested in what my plans are. She wants to know all the updates. Um, (laughs) so yeah. Who do you tell first about like race results or what you're thinking? Is it Danny or like your parents or Joe? (laughs) It's probably, it's probably a tie between Joe and my parents. It probably depends on what we're talking about. Joe might be winning a little bit by that. He might be the most in the loop. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, question about Joe. Are you a fan of the mustache? I am a fan of the mustache. I'm not a fan of the full beard look. Um, this isn't, I never want to offend anyone who has a beard, but I think the beard can sometimes cover up if someone doesn't have a great jawline and Joe has a great jawline. So he has ah, no need to have a true. beard. That's a, that's a good way to look at it. I, I like that. that. Yeah. yeah, but the mustache, I've I'm used to it now. It's a it's definitely a power move. I think it is. <laughs> it's a good look. It is. So so you versus Joe, uh, who is like the har- the bigger grinder as far as training goes? I mean, I know we we've definitely heard that Joe grinds hard and is very invested in training. Are you at that same level of uh, dedication? I mean, I'm at that same level of dedication. However, I just can't, I'm just not built for that. Like I can't grind to the same level that Joe can. Like Joe is just always doing great and he can just crush it all the time. Um, Maybe that's also my perception because I was like a year behind him coming through the CU program. So like, I didn't understand how he would never have a bad workout. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense to me. So, I mean, on paper, he's probably the bigger grinder. Fair enough. Fair enough. But you got a better GPA than him. Yes. So, yes. so smarter, the smarter of the two of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How competitive are, are you two with stuff like that? Um, and so if you don't have like a lot of competition about, especially about running, it's like very much you just do your own thing. Um, and then I've always just been better at school than Joe. So it's just not a competition. <laughs> not, not a competition. Awesome. <laughs> so it sounds, so it sounds like sticking around Boulder then is, is kind of the ideal situation. So would the goal be then to try to sign something like sign something pro like right after NCAA outdoor? I'm not totally familiar with how that like works, but coming into an Olympic trials in the Olympic season, I would assume that's what a brand would want to do is, make like have an athlete make that decision ahead of time I don't know if that's how you're thinking about it or if you're more relaxed on timeline yeah I think there's like some benefit to being proactive about deciding what you want to do um just you know if there's like a certain number of people who are going to sign you want to kind of be like first in line so probably in between that like NCA meet to Olympic trials timeline I'll be making that decision of like who I would sign with um We'll see what exactly that turns out to be, but I think it'll be pretty quick afterwards. Yeah. Is that stressful for you at all? Or is that more exciting? Just looking at it as an opportunity that you're getting to do it. It depends on the day, to be honest. Like sometimes I'm really excited about it and super cool, but then, you know, it's, they're big decisions to be made. And I just, some days I just can't think about it or deal with it because I'm not sure what I wanted to. Right, right. I don't blame you for not wanting to leave Boulder, though. I yeah, that I it seems like an ideal place to train for sure. You're all you're always at altitude camp when you're at home, which is perfect. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, my thought is like, well, you know, there are these other groups that are great, but then they come up to Colorado for like their altitude camp. So I'm already here. Yeah, that's a good point. It, Boulder, though. Was it, isn't it like record snowfall this year, or at least there was some massive snowstorm. So I guess how, how was dealing with that? <laughs> um, well, so I just ran here for the first, like, I just got back today. I just yeah. ran and the, it was, it's now 50 degrees warmer than the last time I ran here. And there are 
nine fewer inches of snow. So, <laughs> I mean, it's just, I hope that this stays. I'm kind of over the snow at this point. Yeah, definitely. I can't blame you though. That that would be the only, at least in the Colorado, like in Denver and Boulder, at least the snow tends to melt relatively quickly in town in the city because yeah. it doesn't get above freezing. But yeah, that, that definitely makes for some tough training, especially that the higher you get, the more snow you get as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm from upstate New York. So those winters just tend to be like a lot more oppressive. You don't see the sun for like six months. Plus the snow gets really gross in New York. <laughs> it does. Yeah. 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 So training here is better than that because you might, even like last week when we got nine inches of snow, it was bad in the morning. But then when I ran again in the afternoon, the roads were clear. It was sunny. It was beautiful out. Like yeah. if you can have two seasons in one day. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so track is, seems to be your best, uh, well, at least so far of like cross country track road racing. I'm curious being in Boulder, do you hit like do trail running? Is that something that you, uh, pull into your repertoire or not so much yet? I was really casually, like if I want to run slow, like that's the days that I really want to run slow and feel no pressure, I'll go find some trail. Like there's this trail called Batasso and I just, I don't know how to run fast there. So I like going up in the mountains and doing things like that, but it's sometimes hard because you can get super hilly. And if you have like a track workout the next day, you don't want to do that. Yeah, I was going to say trail running is almost it it might be easy in the sense that you're running like really slow mile pace, but like you're still climbing a lot. (laughs) And so you're aerobically, your heart rate is very high. So I don't know. I don't know if there really is such thing as like easy trail running, so to speak, unless you're just somewhere like flat and running on a dirt path. And then that's not really like trail running. Exactly. That's not a real trail. (laughs) (laughs) So do you see yourself sticking more to like the mid D events uh, in running over time or? Have you seen any signs of interest in stepping up in distance uh, as you go down the line? I mean, maybe down the line, I could see myself going up to maybe 5K. I think, you know, maybe some road racing, but I don't know if that would be more from like an elite running perspective or just, I love running and I'll probably continue to do it after I'm a professional runner as well. And maybe I'll want to keep like doing, I'll probably want to do a marathon at some point even right. if it's at like a kind of a sub elite level or maybe I don't know what that would look like. I'm not anywhere close to that, but uh, probably for the most of my serious running career, be more of a middle distance runner. So yeah. Any interest in the beer mile? Have you Ooh, I would definitely do that. You would. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But you haven't done one yet. I haven't done one yet. No. Okay. What, yeah. What do you give yourself for like expectations on what you could do from a performance standpoint? Like, how fast do you think you could do it? You pretty confident, just a little confident. Um, well, I probably you know, have to practice some fast beer drinking ahead of time. Um, I feel like it's very contingent upon that. Yeah. I think I'd do pretty well. It'd have to be like, a, I'd have to be very selective about like, okay, what am I drinking? And like, mm. what's the technique? But sure. so I don't know what the time would be. Okay. What's your, do you have a go-to beer? Um, I'm a big IPA person, but I don't think I'd want to be chugging IPAs during a beer month. No, (laughs) that would not be ideal. I think you'd get full very quickly. (laughs) That would be really uncomfortable. Well, you're in the perfect place then in Boulder with, uh, liking IPAs, just the number of breweries, the beer scene there is insane. So uh, is that something you get to enjoy very often or not a whole lot in during the seasons? I mean, I'd say that I will have a beer fairly regularly, so I get to enjoy it. You know, you get to try new things and there's always like some new exciting local beer brewery to, to get a, like a case from or whatever. Yeah. So what, what about Joe? What do you think his odds are at a beer mile? Has he done one? <sighs> he hasn't done one either. Um, I'm trying to think. I think he'd be pretty good at it. Uh, he had like a beer chugging competition with his brothers the other day and one of his brothers killed him but he did get second okay. at three so kind of like a middle of the road kind of beer drinker pretty good and and definitely i top. mean the top is the top is uh running is at the top so right, right. like you know yeah, you so if you can run like under four minutes how much time can you really add for beer drinking 
It's true. I mean, yeah. if you, I think I think it is just practicing a little bit, uh, even if it's not with beer, practicing with some water or something, and you I could definitely like, get it done. I feel like his uh, like the can't stop, won't stop mentality will, <laughs> will play a factor in that. Yeah, yeah. It ha- it, especially, so I'm assuming. Uh, do you think like for your, yourself and I guess, sure, Joe as well, are you more like competitive with yourself or more competitive with other people? Like, I think, I think there's kind of two different types of runners. Um, if I were to like try to bucket them, it's kind of those that are like, they run really just because they're super competitive people and they happen to be good at running, but it's not necessarily that they just love running mm-hmm. um, versus the people that are like, even if they weren't competing, they would just go out and they just love running. They'd run all the time. Uh, so you like, in that case, it's kind of more like competing with yourself so to speak, versus and, and just always bettering yourself versus being a competitor. How do how do you ca- categorize yourself if you if you think you fall into one of those? Yeah, I think it's probably like somewhere in the middle. I'm like super competitive. I just push myself a lot, like internally, but at the same time, I'm not necessarily out there to be competitive with myself. I'd want to beat people, and you know, I think that comes out sometimes, like you know, in a group training environment. I right. Sometimes I have a hard time not like, if I feel like someone's challenging me, I'm not going to back down. Definitely. <laughs> I mean, that's a great mindset to have. It, so like going, going like way back then you, you had some success early on in running. I think I saw that you like won state as a seventh grader. And so you've been running for a long time. Mm-hmm. Have, was that like, what level were you training at that age or was there really training? Was that more like just, you were just an athletic person and uh, competitive and jumped in and did really well, had talent or were you actually like focused on running at an early age? I mean, I would focus on running, but now that I look back very loosely, like I also played soccer, like soccer was definitely like my favorite thing to play. Um, I started running track when I was um, eight like in third grade, I joined some youth track club, but you know, we met once or twice a week for practice and would run around a little bit. So it wasn't really that focused. Um, and then one, I remember once I got into seventh grade and I could join the high school team, it was a big deal that I was running five days a week, Monday through Friday. Yeah. So like I was maybe running 20 miles a week. Yeah. Just <laughs> that's all I had. Um, and even through my sophomore year of high school, I played basketball and volleyball. Um, I, I kind of gave up soccer because my mom played soccer when she was younger and she tore both of her ACLs. So oh, she, yeah, she yeah. steered me away from soccer uh, pretty aggressively just because of her experience. Yeah. I, I think the multi-sport approach definitely bodes well to like the mid D events. Cause if you just like go out and start running, higher mileage at a younger age you're not necessarily like continuing to develop the fast twitch muscles as much as you would playing all those sports and so mm-hmm. yeah i guess there's both sides of it there's like the the a chance for like acute injury in, in those sports a lot more um but also you're like building up you're you know building up muscles coordination that imbalance and stuff that you wouldn't just if you're going out and dedicated solely to running so i guess would you say that it, you think it net helped you kind of not still having that balance and not going all in on running at a at a super young age yeah, I think it was super helpful. Plus, like then, you know, running wasn't just like my whole life in high school, which was nice looking back, you know, yeah. it, I didn't, it wasn't quite as much pressure and, you know, I just have to keep doing it. Um, especially because it wasn't like the smoothest thing in high school for me. Like I did really well in middle school, had a year or two in high school where I wasn't as good. And then, you know, it was okay because, you know, I could go play volleyball in the winter or basketball had those like other competitive outlets, uh, to focus on. Right. Outside of, uh, running, which one were you best at? I would say soccer. Soccer was probably what I was best at. I was kind of like a late start to basketball and volleyball. Um, I joined the JV volleyball team just my sophomore year And maybe I wasn't the best at volleyball, but it was kind of a problem because like my level of intensity was just too high for my teammates. I (laughs) I remember the coach being like, okay, you just need to tone it down a little bit. It's hard. It's hard when you are like really intense about a sport or activity, but you're not very good at it because you you can't like channel that energy, you know? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay what 1v1 you're taking john in a sport of your choice mm-hmm. what would it be and why <laughs> oh my goodness 
I haven't thought about that. Well, you know, we've played like pig before in basketball. Yeah. I can, I can usually beat him with that. I don't know what this would be. I'm generally more coordinated than him. Okay. I think if we were to do some sort of jumping competition, I could beat him. Um, how do you play like 1v1 soccer? You could do like a shootout. That's a, yeah, that's a good point though. But then that's not really, cause yeah, like if you, if you're better than him at soccer, you'd want to be able to like show your footwork and like, sure. you know, yeah. beat him in that way. But you can't really, yeah, it's hard to do that really well. 1v1. It's almost like you'd have to like pick, each of you could pick a teammate and play like 2v2 or, or get like a 3v3, like on an in, indoor turf or something going. Or, you, or you need to do like a combine where you're like, you have like a few structured events with. Oh, true. Soccer. Like we- weaving and all yeah. different. Yeah. Shooting. <laughs> Shooting skills. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be kind of into that. Yeah. Just like a general skills. Uh, uh, assessment <laughs> oh that's awesome what one other thing I was curious about when we were talking about you know focusing on school as well as running uh how does that look from like a d1 athlete perspective especially like you're traveling to meets like basically every weekend and oftentimes mm-hmm. you're racing even on like weekdays weeknights how how are you able to balance that handle that uh where, did, what, did you do a lot of things remotely as you were kind of traveling a lot? How did that look? Yeah. So when I was traveling a lot, I kind of loved it because I don't, I couldn't understand how people would get through these semesters without a break. Like I loved the kind of like, okay, I got to get all my school work done by Wednesday. And then I have just like two days of sitting in the hotel room and it doesn't exist, you know, yeah. like that's pretty, not that, that it worked out like that every single time, but I just thought like being able to get away and not have to go to class for a while was pretty nice. So it's a little different now with zoom cause you can still go to your classes. Um, but I don't really, I have like two classes, so it's not a big commitment at the moment. Um, like when things are really intense, I would just have this philosophy. If you have to get ahead to be ahead. So I just try to like front load as much work as I could. Um, yeah. So the exact opposite of a procrastinator. Though. <laughs> yeah, but now that I have very little schoolwork to do, I'm like a textbook procrastinator because I'm so used to having this like constant like stimulus, like, okay, we have to get something done that I don't know how to get anything done unless there's a deadline. Yeah. You need that extra, like a little bit of extra anxiety and pressure. Yeah, in order to push on. Yeah. Oh, have you thought about um, how you're going to like replace that or like fill your time uh, post-college uh, as, as a professional runner? I don't have any strong ideas about it. I would say that I'm more comfortable with the idea of having less going on after last summer, because I kind of expected that, you know, I'd run through the trials and then I'd maybe go on vacation through the month of July. And then everything got shut down. I couldn't get a job or anything to like do because no one was hiring. And so I just was like sitting around all summer pretty much. Uh, I think, you know, I'll read and like get more into that and maybe find other things to fill my time, but that's kind of like a, I'll deal with that later. Of course. Yeah. And I kind of am planning on taking the MCAT sometime in the next little bit. So that'll fill my time for a little while. We'll we'll be uh, awaiting your scores. (laughs) I'll post them. (laughs) (laughs) So, so you you found that you didn't necessarily mind the extra time though. Like you, you enjoyed at least having, having a little bit less structure and, and getting to getting to have that time away from whatever schoolwork or, you know, focusing on something. You know, I think I operate best when I'm kind of overbooked, but at the same time, I don't mind not being stressed. Like I was just thinking the other day, cause I'd woken up kind of early And historically, if that happened, I'm just thinking about whatever problems that I'm working on. And like, I'm not going back to sleep. I'm just going to get up and do it. But now I can just lay in bed and like, maybe go back to sleep even. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm curious as as somebody who is, I mean, for as as much as I'm making fun, like you're, you're obviously very smart. How do you, I feel like we've had conversations about smart runners and how most of them are head cases. Like how do you, how do you <laughs> balance that um, with running? Yeah. I mean, 
Do you just do you have an off switch that you're able to kind of simplify things for? Or are you just like always thinking? Well, I'm definitely always thinking. However, I'm pretty good at compartmentalizing things. So I think that's kind of like my advantage. But I'm very happy just living in my own head with my thoughts. Um, although I wouldn't, I feel like head case can go a lot of different ways in right. terms of like, yeah yeah we don't necessarily mean it as like a bad connotation like more like uh it kind of goes to what you were saying about you you were really good at being able to like basically like sprint for a few days on schoolwork and then be like okay i'm good to go and then just like put it away and not think about it like Mm -hmm. that's kind of really at least from all the like research and books that i've read on it like that is kind of the best way to operate not to like be tackling a bunch of different things at once and not really going deep on any one thing and just having it hang over your head all seven days a week, which is kind of what the working world has become with just email every single day. There's always something, whereas you do perform better if you just like really focus, no distractions, go all in on something for X amount of time and then actually have a chance to re- recover, recuperate from it for a couple of days. So I, I don't like I, the way that you're, the way that you structured that was kind of just like a natural at least what I've been reading is like naturally the best way for humans to operate on actually being successful and getting something done. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like that's just the way that I'm wired. And like, let's say I had like back in the day, I would have a problem set and it'd be like just totally consuming. And I could spend like four or five hours on it with like, without resurfacing. Like that's just how I would operate. Yeah. I, yeah, Yeah. I've been, during the beginning of quarantine, I was really bad at that because you're just like at just like at your desk at home and you wake up, take three steps and you're like, I'm going to work. For, now I'm at work. I'm yeah. I work for four hours and like forget that I should have had breakfast. Yeah. 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 It is a weird. And I, I think a lot of students actually that kind of haunts them when they uh, they just drag kind of drag out their schoolwork like over every single oh, day yeah. or and or like they'll procrastinate and it'll they'll like go too late into the night and it's like sometimes the best thing to do for studying is to just like stop studying at nine o'clock and go to bed then to like just keep mm-hmm. grinding all night and like half focusing but not really getting anything productive done and uh yeah. that, that's definitely what I found was like I, I always said like nine o'clock no more homework like that's it for me no matter where I'm at like if I don't get it done mm-hmm. too bad like that, that's better for me because I think yeah, I think pe- people fall victim to that where they just like drag something out way longer than it needs to be because they think they have to like the amount of time is to some people like the amount of time is how they feel accomplished, whereas it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be that way. It just not at all. Yeah. There was this one finals week where in one of my classes, they took a poll of like, how many like hours of sleep did you get last night? And I was absolutely horrified. It was like the zero to four category had the most votes or something. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that's not the way to do it. So yeah. did, ha, did you ever like spend all nighters studying in college? Mm, no, I think maybe the latest I've seen up is like 1am, but okay. I'm definitely someone who, if I know that I have a lot of work to do, I'd rather get up at like 4.30 or 5 and do it yes. um, than stay up at night. Because oftentimes if we have afternoon practice, I get home, have dinner. I'm like out of commission for the rest mm-hmm. of the night. Yeah. Yeah. At that point you can't, you can't focus on that's something that's changed for me. Like at, in college for sure, stay up to like two or three Mm -hmm. waking up early, but now like nobody's doing anything at four in the morning. So if I'm ever just like, if I just like wake up and I'm up, then it's kind of fun. Cause like most of the world isn't, or most of the States like aren't up. None of my coworkers are up. Nobody can bother me and I can actually get shit done. Definitely. Yeah, no, it's the best time. And then it's 8 a.m. and you're so accomplished. <laughs> Maybe that's why runners are tend to be like pretty good at school is because you have that like time management discipline and you're not just you know your body's gonna shut off at 8 p.m. Yeah, so. <laughs> the, the typical college kid is a night owl, even though they shouldn't be. Like yeah. most more people are better at being, you know, early bird. Um they just don't realize it because they never get in that habit. But I think runners, you know, you don't have a choice but to manage your time well. I have a totally random question. How many dogs do you have? I have two dogs, um, Tucker and Minnie. And are they both, um, one of them's a golden doodle, right? Well, one of them's a cockapoo. Oh, okay. okay. That's Minnie. And then there's also a cavapoo, which is King Charles Spaniel poodle. That's cute. (laughs) So how long, how old are they both? 
Um, Tucker is the Cavapoo who is, um, he was born last February. So he's like a little over a year old. And then Minnie is the Cockapoo and she is, uh, almost six months. Oh, cute. Oh, so very young. So why don't you have more followers on Insta? Cause it's you plus the two dogs versus Joe. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah i mean that's a great question they're super cute i probably need to start getting more dog content probably and then, um ollie whore his bulldog's been living with us too so that's been like the third dog who's also super cute um, <laughs> although there's like a little bit of a doodle versus bulldog divide in the house nah, um, okay. but it's it's more of just like sometimes they're friends sometimes they're enemies um, <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I, f- I feel like um, doodles are very, uh, they're like the luxury brand, you know, and they sometimes they get a little too, they're a little too high on their horse. I think. Yeah. yeah, Tucker is, you know, 12, 13 pounds somewhere in there. And he really thinks that he's like the big dog in the neighborhood. <laughs> um, I'm, okay, so how about let's, let's say you maybe NCAA outdoor title, like win an NCAA outdoor title and, or let's go bigger. You make the Olympic team. Uh, what does a celebration look like after you've accomplished that? Hmm. I mean, hopefully my parents will be there and Joe and like some of my friends, like, you know, Danny and McKenna, hopefully they're all there. You know, let's say this is after the Olympic trials or whatever. Yeah. You know, just have like a really, like nice meal like let's say let's go to a vineyard or something and just have this like multiple course meal and have some drinks and just like really enjoy the time that's probably my ideal situation like something low-key but also like kind of over the top kind of bougie yeah yeah Yeah, that's awesome (laughs) are you are you a bruncher then i'm a big bruncher i love brunch yeah, Boulder has a lot of good spots for yeah, food do. and the, the brunch scene for sure. What, what's yeah. your favorite? I've only been to a few different spots there and a couple times I visited, but what are some of the best spots for next time I'm out that way? Yeah, I'm a big walnut cafe person. You just can't beat the walnut because you can get, you know, your omelet or whatever, and then you can get the side of pancakes. So it's like the perfect balance. Um, and then just in general, I'm like a big breakfast burrito person okay. and at the Niwot market just outside of Boulder, you can get um, a burrito. And then if you buy a burrito, you get a free coffee and they also have really good donuts there. So that's kind of like my go-to um, on the way back from the long run. There we go. They it's, have a little bit of everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's dangerous when uh, those brunch places have like bottomless coffee Cause then I just like, I don't know how many cups I've drank at that point. And you're wired for the whole day. (laughs) Well, I went to the Walnut Cafe with Danny last month and it was one of those situations where I was totally wired at the end because they kept refilling our coffee to like such an extent. And Danny would get another one. And so I'd say, oh yeah, that sounds great. Let's keep going. (laughs) I was like shaking. Yeah, wow. we need um we need some like if if you know any realtors, you know, or if you want to become a realtor for us to get us a spot in Boulder. <laughs> I don't oh. know the the housing market's pretty pretty pricey in Boulder though, so I think it's be a little tough we, to get in. We could get like a a garage. Yeah, maybe yeah, maybe a garage or yeah, well, apartment. I'll, I'll say I know a couple of realtors. I'll send you some information. There we go. There we go. <laughs> what yeah, what's a good area of Boulder to look at for I guess the well, I don't even know. I guess I'm kind of like a. I was gonna say for young young professionals, you're a suburb, but, dude, but I'm almost a, like a, you're a an suburb old person. Now. I know I'm almost like a <laughs> suburb guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Joe and I actually currently live um, in Longmont, so we don't even live okay. in Boulder right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, I am a big North Boulder fan. Like, if I love North Boulder, I'm just kind of like a North Boulder. Right? I don't know what that that's about but that's where i would say it's hard to think of like the young professional just because the housing market is kind of totally unattainable for the young professional um you know there are some like nice condos or like apartments in central boulder that um you know are maybe more attainable 
that yeah. are good places to live and or stuff. More in like the half mil range. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> On the topic of favorite boulder things, where where's your favorite place to uh, to run? So so not for the not for the trail running, but what are what are your, some of your favorite spots that you're going to for like long runs or uh, mm-hmm. some of those type of or tempo efforts or something like that? Yeah. So there's like on Neva road, there's a parking lot that we run from a lot and we do long runs from there, but we also do tempos from there. So I think it's kind of fun when we do tempo runs on the road, uh, from that parking lot on this four mile, well, I guess it's four and a half mile loop called the Kara loop. Okay. It's kind yeah. Of like classic. Um, for an easy run, I love in South Boulder, there's the Marshall Mesa trail. Um, or if you're feeling, um, a little bit more adventurous, the Dowdy draw, which you like go through El Dorado Canyon, one of the most beautiful places to run. Um, that's also in South Boulder. There's some great running down there. Nice. How, so how often like Magnolia road is obviously hyped up as the, you know, the this mm-hmm. TU go-to uh, route. How often do you actually run that with, with the team? It's been about a year since I was up at Max. Oh, really? I, okay. Yeah. So there's been this absolute tragedy where we had this whole like feature, like film, not like a full length film about how Mags and how it's important to the team And then some community people saw it and got upset because then they just attributed all this random like runner behavior of people taking selfies in the middle of the road or whatever to the CU team. And our coach was like, I'm not dealing with this. Um, We're just not going to go there anymore. Oh, that's like, Oh, that's really sad. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know. Cause it is, I mean, basically everyone that I know that runs at some point when they're, or or just whenever they're in Boulder, it's like, I'm going to go do a long run on mags. Like that's always the thing. And it, yeah, it sucks that it, kind of ruins it for the locals who are the yeah. ones that actually like will be using it regularly. It's kind of, yeah, I guess I did go last fall. It's more of like a, if we have a long run on our own, a lot of us will go up there for that. Um, okay. But it's not like a large group place that we go. Cause we don't want to piss anyone off. <laughs> oh man, that sucks. Yeah. I'm sure the people that live along there, they probably do get super annoyed of just the amount, like you're up there to kind of be, isolated and away yeah. from all the hubbub and then you, and then you got college like college students just yeah. charging down the road <laughs> yeah and someone someone driving in a car next to them like taking pictures yeah. and doing yeah. whatever else like blasting Mean, music yeah meanwhile like this the school bus is trying to pass them and <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> no way. yeah that. Uh, but we there are a couple other places like gold hill and rollinsville that we go up to to do long runs Excellent. that are still in rotation yeah. 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 Make sure you don't give those routes away. Otherwise, you know, people will assume, uh, yeah, yeah now, ruckus. now all those routes that you just gave us, they're all going to be ruined here in the next uh, few months. <laughs> yeah. Forget about it. <laughs> you should have said your favorite place to run is, uh, like Boulder open space, like the, the flat irons because oh, yeah. yeah, then it's already busy enough anyway. What's, <laughs> what's another hundred people going yeah, there? I can't attribute it to with gold hill if people go up there they're probably not coming back because it's kind of brutal so yeah <laughs> you've been warned you don't want to yeah, go yeah. <laughs> oh do you want to get into some of the listener questions yeah let me see if we had any good listener questions come in here mm-hmm. um oh this is a great one first uh how much do you hold your ncaa title over joe <laughs> so joe's best finish was second place correct yeah yeah which is, you know, obviously it's amazing, not, it's but not it's not first. first place. So, yeah, you know, I would say I hold it over him, but like only to a small extent, um, just in terms of like, okay, who's the better runner? Well, I definitely am. <laughs> However, it's kind of a sensitive subject because I am convinced that, you know, Joe would have won an NCAA title last year if the season had happened, like he was all yeah. poised to do it at indoor. And so like, I feel bad because he just kind of lost his opportunities. It's not because that's kind of a fun debate though. Cause it's like yeah. the, what could have been versus the, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I don't push it too hard. He's, he's <laughs> a little sensitive. <laughs> yeah. That's tough. Um, what kept you motivated during COVID and all the injuries? Um, well, this is probably just me being a little bit of a crazy person. Um, and just like thinking about like what I wanted to achieve. 
but also like I, when I had my first injury, I was kind of like disillusioned just because I had been trying to run for so long and it was brutal. And so I was feeling kind of burnt out. And so instead of like focusing on myself and my running, I would say like, okay, I'm just going to show up for my teammates today. And like, I would wheel the exercise bike out to the track, the indoor track and like cheer them on during their workouts and like, Oh, I can get an hour on the bike without even thinking about it and like feel good about myself because I'm helping others. And that's kind of like how I got through the worst of it. And then also with like having my aqua jogging social circle, it was totally like, I kind of projected some of my issues on other people. I'm like, well, I'm going to help them just by like showing up and being there. And that's how I got through, through it. Yeah, no, I I think that definitely like checks out and makes a lot of sense. And that's like oftentimes when you, when you the, like the way to like sabotage your race or workout going in is when you're like all about like, I, I need to hit this split. I need to do that, whatever. And, and like, mm-hmm. that's the, the, all the best teams in cross country are always those where they're like going into it as a like team atmosphere, team race. Like mm-hmm. I can't, I can't get past at the end because these other four guys or women, they work so hard to get this title. So like, I can't be the one to ruin that. And it it definitely Mm -hmm. makes a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. I think even like when you're not uh, in cross country season, it's kind of that same atmosphere. Like once you've built it. Especially when um, like your teammates PB, I feel like he, that's like added, not like pressure, but just like added excitement to Mm -hmm. to that. Yeah. Yep. Um, Ooh. Is pineapple allowed on pizza? No, absolutely not. Okay. Good answer. Good answer. See, I I don't know. I don't. I might have to disagree with that. I it's, think we've asked a few people this, and and you're one of the first to say it's not. Oh. I, yeah, yeah. I don't know. So what? What's the? Is there any logic behind it, or just not? I guess. Do you like pineapple by itself? I love pineapple. Okay, so then yeah. why why is it not proper to put it on some bread and? some cheese and <laughs> some sauce. Yeah. I mean, I don't generally associate fruit with pizza. Um, I'm just gonna, like in Hawaiian pizza. I just feel like it's a weird combination of like ham and pineapple. And I just kind of hate, I mean, I'm kind of warming up to pie, let's say, but I have some aversion to warm fruit. Yeah. And it just really makes me uncomfortable. And I just don't like it. Well, I'll, I guess it's me versus the two of you in this one. I love yeah. Hawaiian pizza. Do, yeah. Have you ever uh, grilled pineapple? Like take pineapple wedges and throw them on a grill? Uh, I haven't, but Ollie said that we have to do it. You should. Yeah, I, I oh don't, my gosh. It's I the don't best like, thing. Um, I also agree with the not liking warm fruit, but that actually tastes really good. Yeah. When you grill it and kind of get the edges a little black. It, I yeah. don't know. I don't know what, it, what the what the chemistry would be of what the, what's happening to the sugar as it's getting mm-hmm. heated up, but oh it's so good yeah i can imagine it It could be pretty good i got a c minus in chemistry <laughs> you always talk yourself down you're just bad at school it's not that you're dumb you're just bad at school you're bad at that structure so it's a different yeah we'll different. go with that <laughs> i mean it, it kind of is a like i think being good at school is less uh, tell me if you agree or disagree with this take i think being getting a really good gpa is less Obviously, you have to like know things, but it's less so about your like intelligence level and more so just about like organization and like being good at school. Like there kind of is a recipe to like how you do well and get good grades. And I think a lot of it is just good study habits. Uh, I mean, kind of just like being able to memorize really well or uh, think on your feet with that. But I don't I don't know. Being really good at school doesn't necessarily like it, there, there are factors that are similar to like working world and job, but I think you can be really successful in a career without being good at school. And you can also be really well, good at clear, school. And, I mean, clearly, I mean, clearly, <laughs> clearly, but, but I don't know, like being good at school is like definitely a thing. It's and a, it's not just about being smart, yeah. a smart, person. it's a specific type of, of smart, like plus. Yeah. Others, right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I would, obviously I'm super intelligent, but I'm also feel like I have a very good, I'm very good at playing like the game of school. And I feel like when there are expectations set out for me, I know exactly what like a professor or a teacher or something is expecting of me. And I know exactly what to deliver. Um, so exactly. yeah, it's definitely like a game. And it's like, even if you aren't good at it, you still could be really smart and end up being super successful. 
Yeah. Thanks for the words. I'm really, yeah. <laughs> no, I was just, I, cause like I, 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 that's how I felt in school was I felt like I kind of unfairly like got school well where like others didn't. Rules, and like, I, I could not show up to a class for the whole semester, but still getting an A just because I knew like what the recipe was for doing well on the test. And mm-hmm. I, I felt like that was just, that was a skill. It wasn't that I knew physics better than everyone necessarily. I was just good at taking the test. I don't know. That's just my take. <laughs> rub it in a little bit, yeah. <laughs> I like to rub it in on him because he yeah. always talks himself down about his <laughs> like his school ability. But then it's like, well, but at the end of the day, like we're kind of like in the same place career wise. <laughs> so it didn't really matter True. who did better at school. Like True. it doesn't really matter. True. No, I just like it. Being, certainly doesn't hurt to have really good grades. Yeah, I just but. I just like being the dumbest one in the family. So, <laughs> but again, are you the dumbest one in the family, or were you just the worst at school in the family? Actually, your siblings are really smart. So, <laughs> yeah, I told you. <laughs> oh man. Okay, I think you kind of answered some of these. We actually, other... Yeah, we actually put a few of these. Oh, I guess there. here here's another one that someone wants to know we, about about Joe. We can close. This is, this this is a good closing finale. one. Is Joe allowed to touch your championship trophy from the mile? <laughs> I don't think he has yet. They kind of put it up on the top shelf, a little bit out of its reach. Okay. <laughs> Right next to my championship trophies for the DMR and for cross country. And there we go. It's in his Xbox room, so he gets to look at it every single day. <laughs> oh, that's a power move. That, yeah, that's perfect. Just put it somewhere where he, you know he's going to see it every single day. <laughs> oh, yeah. That'll just motivate him to work even harder himself. I think so. so. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe that's the secret behind why he's such a machine. As he just looks at those trophies all the time. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're firing him up. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Thanks again for coming on. It's great to get to know you more. Anything else you want to plug or ask or let our listeners know? Yeah, I don't have anything to plug right now. Yeah, I'm just it was it was fun. I had a I had a nice hour with you guys. Yeah, awesome. it was it was a blast. And uh yeah, hopefully hopefully we'll make it out to Boulder at some point and try out some of those trails and uh eating spots that you recommended to us. Now yeah. now now I need to make it back out there. Chicago running is not not near as much fun as Colorado running, unfortunately. I do like Chicago running, but it can be a little monotonous. Yeah, that, yeah. and that's the thing. The route, the one route that we have, it's a great route along the lake, but there's just mm-hmm. the one route. So, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Excellent. Well, uh, best of luck uh, in the upcoming races, and uh, we'll be we'll be rooting you yeah. on that the NCAA finals, and awesome. You know, eventually at the trials, mm-hmm. eventually at the Tokyo Olympics. I mean, yeah. obviously. <laughs> and that was Sage Herta. Uh, there oh, you have it. <laughs> there you have it. There you have it. <laughs> How, however bad our transitions may be, that was a really fun conversation with Sage. Looking forward to seeing her races for the rest of this spring, as well as falling up into the summer for the trials. Yeah, she's not putting any really any pressure on herself to you know make the olympic team she's focusing on the ncaa outdoor championship first and then kind of taking it as it comes but she's definitely a contender for making the olympic team she'll be right up there uh in the 800 or the 1500 whichever she chooses i'm sure she'll be right in the mix of it and it's just a matter of you know does she have that special day and and make that team certainly could happen i think um she has a really good mentality around that you know we kind of got into it with choosing a professional group and just kind of letting things come as as they are going with the flow so hopefully uh you know the stars align and and she punches her ticket to tokyo yeah definitely a strong person good good mental outlook on running and just you know life in general very uh very with it i guess you could say yeah uh what do we got no beer review this week Chris and I had, you know, we had a few beers watching the relays. We're really just tired. It's it's Sunday evening. We just drove home from Des Moines, and it's just been a long day. We're just tired. Gotta Don't get, really need to have a beer on a Sunday night. Gotta I mean, give the body its rest, you know? Yeah, we're, we're big into fitness. You know, we're big fitness guys, big running guys, and so you can't be having beer every day. It's just the reality of it. Big beer is great, but... You probably shouldn't have it every day. Um, if you do, that's cool. Some people can. I just personally can't have it every day. Um, I also, like to pick my pick, pick and choose my battles. I yeah, think. not really thirsty for it. But uh, who knows? Maybe if you're a listener out there and you send us beer, hit us up in the DMs for our address that you can can ship that, and we will rate and review it on the show. That's one way to guarantee that we do a beer of the week. Is when listeners send in beers, even if we don't want well, beers, we will 
we will make sure that we taste them every single episode as we have the last uh i guess last four last last four episodes between the three that came in uh from our guy ryan in wisconsin and then from colin in california sending in the the cream yeah the orange creamsicle the creamsicle beer so you know we didn't we didn't miss a single episode when those beers were coming our way um so yeah we'd love to try something even if you even if you can't you know, don't want to send it to us. Just let us know oh, what to yeah, pick up in the up. store. Yeah. Uh, we can go Benny's to the, has everything. Yeah, we can go part. to our go to our local spot and see see what we should pick up. So. Anything else we need to plug? Um, we did the Kansas City relays. Yeah, Kansas City relays. Fuck me. Uh, Kansas City qualifier. Uh, I don't want to talk about it too much because I know we've mentioned it multiple times and we still haven't dropped the new site. But I think I mean it's seven forty five p.m. The Sunday after we drove, you know, a couple hours back from Des Moines, we got a lot of shit done. So uh, I would say it's a matter of days, not months. Yeah, matter of days. Newbeermile.com site. Going to be exciting. Uh, yeah, I don't think we really have anything else to plug. You know, hopefully whatever we put out from the Kansas City qualifier was good. And, you know, if it wasn't, sorry about that, but it probably was good. <laughs> sorry about that. I mean, can't do anything <laughs> about it now. It's over and done with. And, uh... I guess the other thing we'd plug is just, man, we got a lot of exciting episodes coming up. Uh, we recorded yeah, again in, at the time that we're, the time we're recording this on Sunday, April 25th, we've got like eight podcast recordings this week. So Ooh. apologies that some of them are going to probably come out, you know, a few weeks after they're recorded, but hopefully, you know, hopefully the story in general is still, is still good. And we're really telling the athlete story more, more focused on that than, you know, current events. Uh, something yeah. Along Gotta those add lines. the uh, replay value, you know? good replay value just getting to know the people that we're having on the pod so yeah a lot of good things coming make sure you're subscribed on platform of your choice on on youtube and there's gonna be no shortage of great guests coming i mean some of the other ones again probably released after this but who knows what the order will ultimately be but you got adele tracy craig nowak Corey belmore bryce hopple uh jen jen uh not lacaz i keep i keep thinking lacaz uh, jen Gre- gregson nay lacaz what Born Lacaz. Yeah, yeah. Born Lacaz. Uh, Mandy Perkins. And? And who am I missing? I think I just said everybody that we yeah, have, on, have lined up as of right now. Uh, we got a couple others that we've been talking to that we just need to get scheduled as well. Uh, if you have any suggestions for us, people for us to interview, hit us up on the DMs. And about does it. Yeah. Any closing remarks? Yeah, words of wisdom. Um... Oh, fuck i don't know i'm just like i'm i'm excited it's gonna be a grind but very hyped to chat with all these folks as well as for um kansas city qualifier so yeah same here rock and roll <laughs> i had a lot of value I, to those words of wisdom I, yeah, 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 yeah me too <laughs> i don't even know if mine were words of wisdom i was just like you know i got a lot of we got a lot of work but we're excited so find find something that you're excited to grind for yeah words words of wisdom wisdom. grind on keep your head high and your grinder grinding and your peeper popping keep popping y'all